Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? I'm back. Did you miss me? I sure hope so. That's right. Trail Tales is back. Uh, as I alluded to in the last episode, that short little update about the show going on hiatus for a little while. Um, yeah, I went out to try to finish the miles that I missed last year on the PCT. And because of that, I wasn't going to be able to you know, do any podcasts because I would be actually on trail. And um, yeah, it didn't go as planned. Uh, <laughs> it's a long story and you're going to hear all about it in this episode. Now, this is going to be a little bit different. So instead of me sitting here and just telling the story, I'm making a YouTube video about it to tell the same story. And I figured that it doesn't really make sense to do a whole YouTube video telling the story and then do a whole separate podcast telling the exact same story. I figured I might as well just share the same thing on the podcast and the YouTube channel, if that makes sense. So essentially what I did here is I took the audio from my latest YouTube video and uploaded it here. Now, to be clear, I'm not going to turn this podcast into just a re-upload of all my YouTube videos. I want to make that crystal clear. Don't worry. This is not something that's going to happen on the regular. I just, I just thought that for this specific circumstance, it just made the most sense. And so, yeah, this is going to be different. It's just a, a long narration of all of the craziness and awesomeness that happened to me on my uh, failed attempt to go back and finish my PCT miles. So I hope you enjoy it. We'll be back to a regular episode next week. we got some awesome episodes coming up, some awesome interviews. Baker's going to be back. We're going to do some awesome stuff there. And, 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 and you might have noticed, hopefully, if it, if it went through correctly, um, we got new artwork for the show. I'm super excited about that. I'm going to save the, the story behind that and talking about that for the next episode. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. So anyways, let's do it. Episode number 149, Through the Smoke, my second Pacific Crest Trail failure. Let's do it. So as many of you know, last year, me and my friend Flossie tried to through hike the Pacific Crest Trail and we got that close. And I really do think that we would have finished if it wasn't for fires. So when all was said and done last year, I ended up missing three different sections of the Pacific Crest Trail. A 217 mile section of the trail from Dunsmuir, California up to Ashland, Oregon. A 60 mile section kind of in the middle of Oregon, just north of Crater Lake. And then, of course, the grand finale, a.k.a. up in Washington State, Stevens Pass, 188 miles north to the Canadian border, the end of the trail. Ever since leaving the PCT last year, that incompletion has just been hanging over my head. I've obviously made a lot of jokes about it in you know videos since then, but genuinely, I really, really have wanted to get back out there and finish it up. I patiently waited all winter, all spring, and for the first half of the summer, and then at the beginning of August 2023, I flew out to California. My plan was to hit all three sections that I had missed and actually 
finally complete the entire Pacific Crest Trail. This meant starting in Northern California, hiking up to Ashland, somehow getting a ride up to hit that random 60 mile section in Oregon, and then somehow getting to Seattle from there and then getting a ride up to Stevens Pass because these sections are not close together. And when I landed in California, I did not have all of this figured out or even most of it figured out, but I did have the first part figured out. And that was getting from the Sacramento airport up to Dunsmuir I-5, the start of the first section that I missed last year. I could have taken a bus, I could have taken an Uber, I could have hitchhiked, but I wasn't going to do that. I put a call out on Instagram and just asked if there was any chance that someone could drive me the three hours from the Sacramento airport all the way to this random road crossing on the PCT. And uh, I found someone. Thank you very much, Crystal. She drove me all the way up there. She dropped me off. And just like that, almost exactly a year later, I was back on the PCT, which was insane. I didn't get very far that first day because it was already 7 p.m. when I got dropped off. So I pretty much just crashed out and then woke up early the next morning. This is when it really hit me. I was back out here. I was doing it. There was certainly a lot of excitement, but there was also a lot of nerves. I had been hiking quite a bit all summer, but I hadn't been backpacking at all. And so I was a little bit worried about how my body would hold up carrying the backpack, which I've done it so much in the past, but that's always a concern when you're first starting a hike. Though I've done a lot of solo backpacking, pretty much all of it has been on the East Coast, where I'm from, terrain that I'm familiar with and comfortable with. But here I was on the PCT by myself. I never spent a single night alone on my PCT hike last year because Flossie and Brandon were always there. But this year, it would obviously be different. I was completely by myself. And because of some of the snow conditions in the Sierras, there wasn't really like a traditional bubble of thru-hikers this year. So people were very spread out. There was other people out there, but it was very, very quiet. I was seeing maybe four or five other hikers a day, most of them going southbound. I was going northbound. And so I'm just thinking about all this stuff on the first day. I have a big old climb for a long ways. Like I think it was at least a 10 mile climb right off the bat. I'm in fine shape, but I don't have my trail legs yet. And it was just, um, it was a hell of a day, but it was beautiful. And it almost, almost for that first day, I almost was thankful that I didn't hike that section last year because if I had, it would have been extremely smoky the air quality wouldn't have been great. The views wouldn't have been great. And that section from I-5 up to Highway 3 is incredible. Honestly, one of the coolest sections of the whole PCT. So I'm just taking it in. I'm exhausted by the end of the day. But man, I was just... It was incredible. And I sat down that evening and everything hurt. And all was well at the same time. I just felt so grateful to be out there. And that gratitude continued for the rest of my first section on trail. With all the BS that happened last year with the fire closures, it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. And I hate to say it, but I didn't really view the PCT as this like positive thing. But being back out there those first couple days, it really just like gave me a new sense of appreciation for the PCT. There was no more pressure of like through hiking the entire thing of making the miles. I had plenty of time at this point. 
you know, the, a lot of that pressure was gone and I was able to just really be present in a way that I wasn't last year. And I wish I had been. Um, and it really just made me appreciate the PCT in a whole new way. I think it was day three. I saw, I'm going to butcher his name, Carol Sabe, Carl Sabe, the, you know, the guy that just set the FKT for the PCT. He, he went right past me when I was chilling at a water source. I didn't really realize it was him at the time. But I, I thought it maybe was, so I didn't really say anything. And then later on, I saw a picture of him, and it was definitely the same guy. So he passed me anyways. That was kind of cool. Talked with a number of other through hikers, and by the time I got to Etna, man, I was just I was just feeling good. I was stoked to be out there, and there was no fires. I went into Etna from Highway 3, and I spent most of that day chilling in town. I got in pretty early, and then I took a zero the next day. I felt fine. I was tired, but I definitely could have hiked out. But I was like, you know what? I'm not in a rush like I was last year, and this is only my first couple days on trail, so I better be extra cautious and just give myself a zero, Because and also why the fuck not, right? I did that, and it was awesome. I got back on trail, and I only had a 40-mile section from Highway 3 up to Etna Summit, where I was going to go back into Etna only for one night this time. It only took me two days to do that 40 miles, and not that much happened, but I will say that I started to kind of reminisce about my experience last year a little bit more because on this 40 miles, there was a couple burn zones. It was a, a pretty good reminder of the fire situation out there, even though this wasn't recent burn. It was a, a little bit of a foreshadow of what was to come, as much as I hate to say it. I did the 40 miles. I went back into Etna just for a night. And the next morning I hopped back on trail. And this is when things really started to go downhill, albeit not very fast. It just it was a slow roll downhill. It was going to get much worse, but I was dealing with another heat wave. The entire week was forecasted to be over 100 degrees. But man, that's hot. And also more burn zone. So that means it's exposed, it's dry, there's no shade, and man, it's just, it's tough to walk through, especially in a heat wave. I was kind of just like, that's just my luck, right? I'm only going to be out here for two weeks on this, you know, Northern California section. Of course, there's half of it is going to be in the middle of a giant heat wave, like the biggest one they've had all summer and probably will have all summer. So morale was definitely on the decline, but it wasn't that big a deal. I got up early. I took lots of breaks. It was manageable. I certainly wasn't thinking about getting off trail because of it. And there were some interesting things that happened on this section too. It took me about four days to get from Etna Summit to Syed Valley. Um, a lot of animal encounters, including a bear sighting on my very first day, Another bear sighting the next day, which I did not get on camera, but it was kind of funny because I got recognized from YouTube by a guy that was going the opposite direction. And he was like, hey, you're Kyle H. Hiking. By the way, there's a bear up in that tree right there. So that one was no big deal. Um, but two bears in a row. And then the next day, the day that I got into Syed Valley, uh, I saw a rattlesnake. That day that I got into Syed Valley was probably the most miserable of the whole hike. It was so hot. The entire day I was going downhill, which I'm glad I wasn't going uphill, but I was just going lower in elevation, lower in elevation, lower in elevation. 
and the lower in elevation you get, uh, the hotter it's going to be. So by the end of the day, I was down around a thousand feet in elevation, which is very low for out there. And it was almost 110 degrees. I think it was 108 that day. And of course the entire day was a burn zone too. So it was just brutally hot. And I got down to the bottom of the climb and there's a dirt road there. And the PCT actually follows this dirt road for like four or five miles before it comes out into the town of Syed Valley, follows a paved road for a few miles, and then eventually you go back up into the woods. And when I got to the end of this dirt road, there's actually a campground there and I was defeated. So I sat there at the campground for about two more hours, most of which was spent sitting actually in the river because it was so hot. Even just sitting in the shade was almost unbearable down there. And so I just sat in the river. A couple other hikers came through. We all, and then I road walked down to Ryan's house. It was now a little bit cooler. I rolled up to that place and dude, absolutely incredible. Wi-Fi, laundry, showers. He cooked a huge meal for myself and a couple other hikers that were there. And this guy would not accept a penny in return. He wouldn't even let me do the dishes or some of the dishes. We were all trying to pitch in or help him out in some way, give him some money. He would not accept it. Um, just all out of the kindness of his heart. But little did I know that the kindness was going to extend much further than just housing us for a night and feeding us. Um, I guess we should get into the next day then. I decided that I was going to zero at Brian's house the next day. I wanted to wait out one more day of the heat wave. I wanted to give myself a break. I still wasn't in full through hiker shape yet. You know, I still didn't quite have my trail legs. And so I was like, this is an amazing place. Brian's an amazing guy. He was more than happy to have me stay for the day. And so I was like, I'm just going to stay here. At this point, I was 38 miles from finishing California, 38 miles from the California, Oregon border. And I was looking forward to hitting it. Everybody was talking about it. You know, over a year later, I was like, I'm finally going to finish California. That's pretty cool. We're talking about this in the morning. I'm kind of just hanging out. There's some other hikers there too that were probably going to zero, I think. I don't know if they had fully committed to it, but they were going to zero. It was so hot that day and Brian's was amazing. Later that morning, um, the previous night, there had been some lightning storms in the area. And there had been lightning storms all up the West Coast for that matter. Um, or at least maybe in the Pacific Northwest. And later that morning, I learned that there was a trail closure in Washington. And it was near Stahican. It was pretty close to the Canadian border, right smack in the center of the Washington section that I needed to hike in order to finish the PCT. And so I learned about that. And that was a bummer. Um, yeah, I was getting deja vu for sure. I was like, I came all the way out here, spent all this money, and now there's another closure right in the middle of my Washington section. Now, most of my Washington section was still open, and it was a pretty small closure, a pretty small fire. And so I was like, you know what? I still have plenty of hiking to do down in California and Oregon. I got to finish that up first, and then I'll assess after that. And so I tried to just stop thinking about it. Around 2 p.m., I saw a Facebook post from the mother of a PCT hiker who was just a little bit south of me. And this mother said, hey, I'm talking to my son via Garmin right now. He doesn't have cell service. And he sees a fire near Syed Valley, which is where I was. And she was asking for any information about this. And through that Facebook post, I learned that 
because of the lightning storms the previous night, a new fire had started roughly 10 miles to the east of Syad Valley near the town of Hamburg, California. So that got the, uh, the alarm bells going off a little bit, but I downloaded the app called Watch Duty, which gives you a bunch of fire information. I was looking at this fire. I learned that it was called the Head Fire, and it was very small. I asked Brian about it, and he was like, yep, I also have Watch Duty. I'm aware. I mean, he lives there. His livelihood is all of his possessions. His house are there. So, of course, he's going to keep a close eye on the fires. He's like, yep, I'm aware of it. And he didn't really seem too concerned. He actually left to go, I think, give some hikers a ride somewhere. He was gone for about an hour. And while he was gone, I'm checking this app, watching the fire. And it went from just to like a, oh, there's a random small fire that's just a couple acres to, oh, shit, this fire is a thousand acres. And it grew to a thousand acres within the last hour. Next came the evacuation warning for Syad Valley, right where we were. Now, I've never been through this before. I'm from the East Coast. We don't get fires. And so when I saw that we were under an evacuation warning, I was really starting to get nervous now. It, that really hit me. I told a couple of the other hikers about it who were totally oblivious to the fire up to this point. When I told them there was an evacuation warning, their attitudes changed real quick. One of them was from California, and so she had been through this before. I didn't know how serious an evacuation warning was, but when I told her about it, she was like, we got to pack our stuff then. A warning means we got to be ready to go at any second. And so all of a sudden we're like, damn. So we start packing up. Brian comes home and he's like, yeah, this is not looking good. I could actually see the flames over where I was, you know, 10 miles away from us. At this point, it's only an evacuation warning, which I didn't understand any of this at the time, but I now know that that does not mean you're ordered to leave. It's not mandatory. They're just saying, hey, this fire is spreading pretty rapidly. You might want to be ready to get out at any second, but we're not going to force you to or even advise you that you have to. And about 30 to 40 minutes after we got the warning, that warning changed into an order. There's so much going through my head at this point. Obviously, I'm worried about the fire. It's still pretty far away from us, but it's it was spreading so fast. It blew up from like, I think it was like maybe 50 acres all the way over 3,000 acres just over the course of a couple hours. It was extremely windy this day. That's why. And it went from not even on our radar at all to, oh shit, we need to evacuate right now just within a couple hours. I mean, it all happened so fast. Brian's packing up stuff from his house. Obviously, he doesn't have time to pack up everything, but now he's kind of scrambling a little bit, not panicking, but moving quick to go grab important documents, other things, throwing stuff in his car, packing up his trailer real quick. And he's also dealing with us. There was, I think, four, four or five hikers at his house. And this is how much of a saint this guy is. There's a fire growing and raging near his house. He's under an evacuation order. He's got all of his livelihood right there. You think that'd be enough to, to, to deal with at one point, but um, but he's also dealing with all these hikers, and he's not just dealing with us or putting up with us. He's going out of his way to help us. He's advising us on what we should do. 
he's getting us he's making us food he was literally cooking us dinner while all this was happening he's looking on facebook and trying to find more information about the trail and he's trying to his absolute best to help us so grateful for this guy dude and so we evacuated brian drove us 30 minutes down the road to a town called happy camp they opened up an emergency shelter for us that night it was just in like a gym basically like a basketball little gym thing there were showers there was wi-fi it was away from the fire everything was good but man what a what a just a sketchy situation but that wasn't the end of it we had nowhere to go in happy camp and so we woke up the next morning the fire was still raging and it wasn't contained at all but it hadn't really grown anymore since like 9 p.m the previous night i didn't have anywhere to go and so brian drove us back to his house I felt like that was the best thing to do. Of course, we were at his house. We would have his vehicle if we needed to evacuate. And there's still a slither of hope that maybe I would be able to hike out the next day or something if the fire, I don't know. But um, we, we got back to his house and PCTA officially closed the trail from Etna Summit all the way up to the Oregon border. And so there I am trying to decide what the hell to do. Obviously, I wasn't going to hike out when the trails closed, but do you know how much it sucked to be only 38 miles away from finishing California on the second year that I was out there and trails closed again, 38 miles left, a day and a half. It sucked. I'd spent all this money getting back out there for the second time and the same goddamn thing happened. So now I got to decide what to do. The trail's closed. The fire situation is still pretty sketchy. And there's more bad weather, lightning storms predicted for the next couple days. I'm not hiking out. The air quality is getting really bad. I got to figure out a way to get out of here. And Brian, I'm sure would have helped, but he had done so much at this point that I really wanted to try to figure out something else, some other way to get out. There's a couple other hikers in the same boat as me. We're trying to get to Ashland. Second year in a row, I'm trying to get to Ashland having to skip up ridiculous but we hear rumors that the county that we're in which i'm going to butcher the name of this county siskiyou siskiyou county california there's rumors that the county is going to send a bus just to pick up us hikers in syed valley and bring us up to ashland which is incredible so we we hear this rumor brian's on the phone with the sheriff people are posting on facebook we're talking to Rick down at the store a few miles away. The bus is coming. Oh, never mind. They're not sending the bus anymore. Or, oh, the, the sheriff showed up, but there was nobody there. So now they're not. Oh, yeah, actually, no, they are sending. The, no, they're not sending the bus. I'm telling you, it was back and forth for a couple hours. At one point, they were like, oh, okay, the county has a bus. They're ready to send it, but they don't have a driver yet. So eventually, we get word that there is, in fact, a bus coming for us. And we need to go down to the Syed Valley store and wait for it there. So Brian drives us down to the store, he drops us off, and we're waiting at the store. The weather starts to get pretty dicey. Again, there's lightning around us. Again, there's a lot of smoke from the fires that are already raging. And we're just waiting at this store. There's one guy that works at the store. This is a tiny town. There's one store in the entire town. His name is Rick. He's amazing. He's super super cool with pct hikers i mean they they bring a lot of business to a store but like just like brian he went out of his way to help us so much he wanted to close the store early that day because of the fire situation and everything 
but he had this group of hikers waiting for this bus that may or may not be showing up. And so he kept the store open late just for us. He's calling the sheriff, trying to coordinate this bus just for us. Uh, we're not really, we're not paying him. You know, no one's paying him. He's, he's just doing this um, because he's a good dude. And so we end up waiting at his store for a couple hours. And this was probably the most memorable moment of my entire PCT experience this year. And that's because the entire time that we're waiting at this store, residents of Syed Valley and Hamburg, the town that was actually, you know, closest to the fire, are coming into the store. I'm, I was just kind of a fly on the wall watching these people in a very, very dangerous, intense situation. People are coming in just exhausted. They hadn't slept the previous night because they're up all night trying to figure out what they're supposed to do because of the fire. People are coming in with their kids. They're buying last minute supplies. Some of them were buying alcohol. A lot of them were buying alcohol. I'm not going to lie. A lot of them were not happy with the way the government was handling the fire situation. Not They weren't mad at the firefighters themselves. I'm sure they were very appreciative of the people that are actually on the ground fighting those fires, but just the way that everything was being managed by the, the sheriff's office and the forest service, a lot of people weren't happy about it. And one guy in particular, he came in and he, he, had, he talked to Rick real quick. And let's just say that he had stumbled across someone who had been been burned to death the previous night. And this is all just unfolding right in front of me. All these like raw conversations. People are bringing in new information. I heard this about this fire. I heard this about so-and-so. At one point, Rick gets a call. I don't know who it was from. I think it was from a family member, a wife, someone that he lived with or a neighbor, a close neighbor. And they said, hey, there's a, I see a new fire. Like, what do I do right now? Like a new fire just started from all the lightning. And it was only a couple miles away from where we were in Syed Valley. And he's like, okay, you need to call 911 and try to report where the fire is. And it is just do two hours of this, just like craziness. And no one was straight up panicking, but it was just tense. People were just on edge. I was on edge. And then finally the bus shows up and we drive right through the area where the fire is. The road's closed through there, but since the county is picking us up, their government, they have permission to go through there. So they drove us right through smoke, flames, and eventually we got to Ashland. What a whirlwind that was. When I got to Ashland, I got picked up by another person from Instagram, a subscriber, a fan of the channel. His name's Corey, and he lives in uh, Medford, one town over. So Corey picks me up, and it's just been such a long day with all this BS, with the fires, and seeing the people that are affected by them, and just like seeing what firsthand what they have to go through. And I still didn't even know what I was going to do for the rest of my hike either. Corey suggested that we go to trail days that weekend. And after everything that I'd been through that day, I just was like, ah, I don't think so. I, I just wasn't in the mood and didn't really think about it. But the next morning when I woke up, I was like, you know what? I wasn't planning on going to trail days, but now that I'm here and I have a ride there and someone to chill with, fuck it, let's go to trail days. <laughs> we drove up to trail days and what an incredible week. It was the polar opposite of all the craziness and all the sad stuff I'd seen in Syed Valley. It was just festive, joyful. I met so many freaking people that watch the channel. So thank you so much if you came up and said hi or wanted a picture 
or if you're that dude that wanted me to sign your zip chip, that's that's super cool. I talked to so many awesome gear companies. I mean, I went to Trailblaze last year, but I didn't really talk to any gear companies. But this year I talked to freaking Sawyer, Z-Packs, ULA, all people that I kind of had gotten to know through various work for my channel or the podcast, all these people I corresponded with, but never actually had a chance to talk to in person. I talked to Taysen from Outdoor Vitals a ton. You know that guy that's always in those annoying commercials on YouTube? Hey, this is, T hey, this is Taysen with Outdoor Vitals. Yeah, that guy. I've never even used their gear, honestly, but he was just like super chill. I chilled with Taysen a bunch, actually. Um, I hope I get to see him again, and I'd love to try some of their gear too at some point. And then there was other YouTubers there, dude. First of all, Dan Becker was there. How incredible is that? Dan and I got to meet in person for the second time, a little bit longer than the first time. Miranda Goes Outside was there. Absolutely incredible to finally meet her for the first time. We got to hang out with her a bunch all day on Saturday. Darwin on the Trail was there. I got to meet him for the first time, and he was so, so cool. You know, Darwin's kind of a big deal. He's a lot bigger of a deal than I am, and so I wasn't sure. You know, we had talked. I knew that he knew who I was, and we were friendly or whatever, but I didn't know how much he would care. I thought maybe he'd just be like, oh, yeah, what's up, Kyle? Nice to meet you. Move on. No, no, Darwin was amazing, dude. I hung out with Darwin a bunch. I saw his film. It was just an amazing, amazing weekend. Um, and I probably should have just gone home after that, to be honest. I probably should have ended on a high note, but I didn't. There's a little bit more to this story. Trail days ends. I'm a little bit hungover. And the plan was, I don't know, I was still out there and I still had that 60 mile section left in Oregon. And that was open. There was a lot of fires around it, but that section was open. I knew I wasn't going to be able to complete the trail at this point. I had pretty much given up on even going to Washington because why go up there if I have miles left in California? And also if there's sections closed up there, I'd given up on that. But I was like, you know what? I still have this 60-mile section in Oregon. I might as well just finish that up. That'll be one less thing to worry about next year when I come back again. So we leave trail days and Corey's going to drop me off at the north end of this section, which is Highway 52. And I'm going to hike 60 miles south to Highway 138, where Corey's going to pick me up in about two or three days. Spending the weekend with Corey and a lot of time in the car with him was so awesome. You know, I'm not going to get into the details, but this man has a hell of a story. Uh, he's gone through a lot of hardship in his life. And um, despite all of that, he has an amazing attitude. He's so fun. And it was just really cool being able to spend a lot of time with him, picking his brain. He's very open and just like learning about his life experience. Again, there's so many people went out of their way to help me on this whole experience. And Corey was one of those people, dude. Let me stay at his house so much, drove me around. It would barely accept gas money, like just incredible. Like I'm so, so grateful. And since fires are a big theme of this video, um, for what it's worth, Corey was living in Paradise, California in 2018 when the campfire broke out and burned the entire town to the ground. Just insane. We're getting close to the trailhead and it's smoky. There's so many fires around us at this point that the air quality is awful. And so I almost didn't hike out. I was that close to not hiking out. We got to the trailhead and it was smoky, but it wasn't like super smoky. And so I was like, fuck it. I just need to go. I'm thinking about this too much. I just got to go. And so I, I did. I hiked out. And for most of that first day, I kind of regretted it. I'm not going to lie. Not like, a, oh, I wish I was just back home where it's comfortable thing, but more like a, 
sincerely regretted hiking out um, because it was just so smoky. And at this point, I wasn't going to finish the trail anyway, so why am I putting up with this? That's kind of how I felt. Um, and that's kind of how I felt for the rest of that section. It was a 60-mile section. I did it in two and a half days. I did 17 miles the first day, 26 miles the second day, and about 18 miles the last day. And I was beat by the end, let me tell you. In hindsight, I'm glad that I did it because that's one less section I have to do next year. But I'm not going to lie, I didn't have any fun on this section. The trail was very quiet. I did not see many other people, which was just eerie. The air quality sucked. It didn't affect my breathing very much or anything like that. But it was just, you just look around and it's smoky. There's no views. You know you're not really supposed to be in this environment. And there was another chance of storms. And so I was worried that even more fires were going to start. Nothing did start, but I was worried about it. And so there was just a lot of anxiety, a lot of just put your head down, shut the fuck up and hike as hard as you can, as far as you can. And I did that for two and a half days. And then I was actually able to catch a hitch all the way back to Medford. So Cora didn't even have to pick me up at the end. And then I flew home. Second year in a row, still didn't complete the PCT. Here are the stats. In total, when I started, I had about 466.3 miles left to complete of the PCT. This year, I ended up completing 217.7 of those miles, which means I have 248.6 left to go. As of the time of this recording, Syed Valley is no longer under an evacuation order just as of like, I think a day or two ago. The PCT is technically open from Syed Valley to the Oregon border, although they're still like advising you not to hike it, but technically it's open. I don't know. Um, obviously, it's incredibly frustrating. However, it's not as bad as I thought it might be um, or you th might think it is. And there's two reasons why I'm actually like pretty okay with how things happened. The first reason is because I was out there for about two weeks. It was an amazing two weeks. I met so many amazing people, like all the people that helped me that I talked about in this video, just out of the kindness of their heart, very touching experiences. I met so many cool hikers, so many people that recognized me um, and were inspired from my videos and helped from my videos. I ended up getting to go to trail days and make all the connections there, which, and then just all the fun there, which I wasn't planning on doing originally. I was planning on just hiking. <laughs> and so because of all that, it was still an incredible experience, despite the fact that I didn't even come close to finishing the trail like I intended to when I went out there. And the second reason why, and probably the more important reason why, is because seeing what all the people in Syed Valley, the residents, were going through, and the people of Hamburg too, while I was waiting to be evacuated there, like just how awful it was for them and also knowing that this is pretty much a yearly occurrence at this point for them up there. Just seeing that and their struggles really put into perspective how much it doesn't really matter that I didn't finish this trail. It's like, yeah, it sucks. Obviously, I'm frustrated that I didn't make it even out of California, let alone finish the rest of the trail. That, that sucks. But at least my house didn't burn down or at least I wasn't at risk of losing my house, like all these people were and still are. At least I wasn't finding my neighbor burned to death. 
and trying to rescue them and being too late. At least I wasn't looking outside my store at a new fire that had just started. You hear about these things on the news, you read about them in articles or see them in videos like this, but actually being there in the middle of it all really just gave me a new perspective and it's hard for me to be upset about not finishing my stupid hike when these people are just going through hell. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about fires this year and it was an incredible experience. I'm never going to forget these past couple weeks. And so I'll try to come back next year to finish the PCT or as much of it as I can. And if not, then I'll come back the next year. I'll get it eventually. Yep. That's the story.